piece of advice I would give you is just start. You, you, you actually, you have no idea what beauty lies beyond that first day. A lot of us are afraid to just try. You know, we're afraid of failing. We're afraid. Um, we're afraid of a lot of things that it could go wrong, right? But what if it goes right? Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time to, to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, and I am worried I'm going to mess up her name. So while I'm still giving the introduction, why don't you tell us your name so I don't slaughter it? My name is Inga Van Roy. All right. Inga, Inga, is that right? Oh, yes. All right. I looked at him like, is it Inga, Ingor? And I'm, I'm like, I'm going to mess it up. So as a quick introduction to Inga, so um, was originally from South Africa, um, has degrees in, um, in informational systems and I think industrial sociology. Um, after college, uh, didn't use the degrees and instead went to become an executive assistant for about 20 years. And then in 2018, um, lost job due to uh, corporate restructuring and wanted to be an entrepreneur, but had been afraid to take the leap for a while. Or Both of her parents had been uh, in corporate jobs for their careers, but uh, after losing the job, decided would take the leap, would try it out and would do it. Um, and then, uh, but then instead of doing or actually taking the leap, decided to do some temporary roles and temp jobs and whatnot. But then in, in 2020, due to COVID, um, lost that or lost those jobs or those started to dry up. So with all of that, decided to um, take the more of the leap of doing the entrepreneurial journey and, and starting that out and uh, been doing it since then. So, um, and she'll give a bit more detail. So with that as uh, much as introduction, welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me, Devin. Absolutely. So I gave the quick, uh, quick run through 30 second overview, but uh, maybe dive a, a bit uh, in deeper and take us back in time to going up in South Africa, getting your degrees and how your journey started from there. Okay. Um, like Devin said, I'm originally from South Africa. I, I was born in Cape Town, uh, raised in two different cities. And um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I went to school for IT and, and sociology, but my career found me. I was just drawn to, um, to become an executive assistant because I love people and I love helping them flourish, um, mostly in the background. Um, and yeah, so I became an executive assistant. I was doing that for almost 20 years, um, combined, you know, in South Africa as well as here. Hmm. and yeah now, in before you before you dive too much into over that because that's a, a long 20 years so first <laughs> of all you got the you know you got the degrees in informational systems and I think industrial sociology is that right yes that's right now what made you after college so you got those degrees what made you decide to go into executive being an executive assistant instead of using the degrees that you'd uh, that you'd gotten um I think it was just it was my comfort zone because I was, um, while I was studying, I actually worked at the university as well, um, initially as a tutor for um, information systems, but then I became, uh, I became an admin assistant at the Faculty of Education, and it was just 
really, um, I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the interaction with people. And I enjoyed that, you know, it was no day was the same. Mm. So that's what, that's really what drew me to it. And I think just also because it, it was, it became my comfort zone. It was what I was comfortable with, right? Okay, makes sense. So, so now you do that and you do that for, I think, about the period of over 20 years. So that's a quite a long time doing executive assistant. And now I think yeah. when we chatted before, and as I mentioned, 2018 came along and there was some corporate restructuring. So at that point, I think, as we chatted about before, you kind of looked at entrepreneurship, but didn't quite make the leap. So kind of how did that go from 2018 and where did your journey go from there? I, I was wanting to become an entrepreneur even before 2018. And then, you know, I lost my job, but I decided to make the most of the time that I had as well. Um, and, you know, and I think also I was just, I was afraid of failing. Um, but, you know, so I ended up looking for work and, you know, trying to find my next permanent work hmm. and home. Um, but, I didn't find anything. There wasn't. There wasn't to. There wasn't anything that was up to my standards, should I say? And so I ended up doing a lot of temp assignments um, up until the pandemic hit in 2020. Okay, so back in just it was 2018. So you're saying, okay, lost the job. Maybe I'll do entrepreneur stuff, but didn't quite work out. You decided to take temp roles, and that worked for a couple of years, and then kind of if I were to reiterate maybe COVID came along in 2020 and the temporals started to dry up or they weren't as available and so as you're dealing with that and I think we also chatted a bit before your kids are now going into virtual school so you're dealing with virtual school temporals are drying up and so kind of how did your how did you de- decide on what you're going to do from entre- entrepreneur for there was it kind of hey it's out of necessity or hey this is the perfect time or this is the time that I'm going to do it or I don't know anything else or kind of how did you finally decide to take that leap um it was actually a conversation that that uh, brought that on I had a, a a friend of mine checked in with me and she was asking you know um what I was doing at the time um with regards to work um I told her that I wanted to to take a step into entrepreneurship however I was afraid of failing and so um she she actually said well um even if you're afraid, why don't you try? And you can always go back to the corporate world. And it was as if I had, it was a mind blowing moment really, because I had never thought about it like that. You know, we are raised almost to believe that failure is ultimate. And if you fail at something, you can't pick yourself up and and try again. You know, yet when we're babies, we do that all the time and young kids we we fall we get up we fall again we get up again but as adults we learn to fear failure and because of that I was afraid of failing as well right um but yeah she 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 reminded me that basically if I failed I could try something else it wasn't the end of it wouldn't be the end of the world Hmm. And so now you get that kind of that motivation or, you know, inspiration or guidance or whatever you want to call it said, okay, true enough. If I try it and I failed no worse off, I can always go back to temp jobs or executive assistants or go do something else. But if I succeed, you know, then I can do or chase after something I want to do. So with that as mine, you know, how did you decide 
what kind of entrepreneurial job you're going to do and how did it go? Well, um, you know, as I said before, I have been an executive assistant for almost 20 years. So at that point, I had built up that skill set. And so it was just a matter of me taking my skills, my existing skill set, and basically reinventing myself using those skills, which is what I did. And that which is why I ended up now establishing my own executive assistant consulting firm. So now you start the consulting firm, you know, you're saying, okay, I've, I've got the consulting firm. I've done administrative, being an administrative assistant. I'll start, you know, kind of start the entrepreneurial journey or entrepreneurial startup based on what I know. And I think you started that about a year ago. And I think when you talked about it for is July of 2020, how's it gone since then? Has it been a rocket ship to the top and you've loved it? Has it been ups and downs? Has it been all down or how's it gone for you? Well, um, <sighs> For me, it's been, you know, a matter of really working towards adjusting my mindset, because even though I started my own entrepreneurial um, <laughs> journey, I still had that, um, the, the worker or the corporate mindset, right? So in, in the end, I, I started working with my own, with, um, you know, through my company with one client. And I just worked and worked and worked all the time. And then I realized, but you know what? Like I should actually be scaling up my business. It shouldn't just be, yeah, I have a client and I'm working for them and that's the end of that. So I've now, you know, I, I've evolved from where I started to now where I'm, I'm serving different clients. I actually have grown my team as well. Um, so I have people that I'm working with in order to service my clients. Hmm. I also have, I also coach people as well. Um, I, I didn't do that initially, but now I'm coaching people to be able to take the leap and jump off the corporate hamster wheel and do what I did by establishing my own business. So um, it's been quite a journey. Um, and I think every day is different and every day ahead will be different to what I actually envision. Um, that's just the, the nature of the beast, I guess. Mm. No, I think that that's, you know, it's exciting, it's fun to get there, get going. Sounds like, you know, as with all journeys, it's, you know, has that ups and downs, but it's been a, a great experience. Now, kind of now looking a bit into the future. So, you know, started about a year ago, got it up and going, looking to how to scale, how you can or do, you know, bring on other people, do the additional services. What is the future? You know, you're looking at now to the next six to 12 months, kind of what does that look like for you? Um, what that looks like for me is I'm, I'm, I actually have quite a few projects on the go. I just established my own YouTube channel. So I'm, I'm looking to focus on that and grow that and hopefully become like you where I'm, I have a podcast. <laughs> um, and I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, writing, I'm writing a few books as well. Um, just, you know, as some are passion projects and, and one is actually my memoir, which will become um, something that I can use when, you know, is to establish myself as a thought leader. Um, I speak mostly about, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone. And this is what my memoir is going to be, my life story and basically how I stepped out of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm also looking to have to build out a, a course or two um, to teach people firstly you know how to 
leave the corporate world and establish your own entrepreneurial um, journey. And also looking to um, coach people in terms of how to use, how to leverage social media and um, and what that looks like for entrepreneurs as well. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun things ahead of you, and a lot to, lot to, to lot of things to come. So that's are super certainly exciting. So, well, now as we've kind of gone through a bit of your journey, you know where you started all the way up to today, and even looking a bit in the future. Good time. We'll jump to the two questions I always ask at the end of each uh, podcast. Which the first question I always ask is: Along your entrepreneurial journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what'd you learn from it? The worst business decision that I've ever made was actually to procrastinate. Putting things off instead of jumping right in and failing forward. You know, we always, we tend to want to perfect everything. But at the end of the day, you're never going, nothing is ever going to be perfect and you're never going to know exactly what to do. So it's best to just dive right in there and figure it out along the way. I think that I absolutely agree with that. And I think that, you know, that's a very a large truism for a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, I talk or talk with the town podcast, work with the town of the business. I think that's the number one thing that almost everybody hits on is, hey, you know, I, whether it's procrastination, I wish I'd started earlier. I wish I had, you know, dived in. I wish I hadn't had fear or anything of that. Always that after you dive in and get going, it's always that I'm glad I did it. I wish I'd done it earlier type of, of a thing. So definitely agree with that. So. <laughs> Now with the the second point uh, or second question I always ask, which is if you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? The one piece of advice I would give you is just start. You, you, you actually, you have no idea what beauty lies beyond that first step. A lot of us are afraid to just try, you know, we're afraid of failing. We're afraid, um, we're afraid of a lot of things that it could go wrong, right? But what if it goes right? Hey, I, and I definitely agree. And I think that I think that's a great piece of advice. Well, before we wrap up, um, just as a quick uh, or heads up to the listeners, we do have the bonus question. We're going to talk a little bit about intellectual property. So if that's of interest to you, definitely make sure to stay tuned after we wrap up. But before or otherwise, um, if people want to reach out to you, they want to hire you, they want to be a client, they want to be a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to um, be an investor, they want to be your best friend, next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? The best way would be either through my website at wegotthisadmin.com, which is a double T, hmm. or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn um, and just with my name exactly the way it is. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, contact you and uh, and uh, use your services if they can. Um, now for thank and thank you for coming on the podcast. Now for all of you that are listeners, if uh, you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be guests on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. Glad to be on the show. Two more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in the podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so other people can find out about all of our awesome episodes. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. So now as we've wrapped up the, you know, the normal or the tip or the normal part of the episode where we talk about your journey. Now it's always fun to shift gears just a little bit and talk about a topic that I always, you know, near and dear to my heart, probably a little bit biased on, which is intellectual property and patents and trademarks and whatnot. So with that, I'll turn it over to you to ask your uh, top intellectual property question. 
Um, you know, a lot of people, when they hear the name of my business, they say, oh, have you, have you trademarked that? Mm. And I have no idea where to start. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to ask you since this is your um, comfort zone, right? So um, where do I start? What do you think? Yeah, so, and just as a reminder, name of the company is We Got This Admin, right? So that's the one that everybody, and it's a catchy name. And so I definitely get that. And you've already secured the URL, so you're good on that front. You know, as far as trademarking it, there's, I'll answer the question more or generally and then give you a little bit of specific advice. But the things you're always looking at when you're looking at any trademark is one, is anybody else ever or already using this? In other words, is it already out there? Is somebody already using it before you had it? If so, then you're going to have problems in the sense that they're the first user, especially if they've registered the trademark, then you would actually be infringing there. So the first thing you do is kind of do a bit of due diligence, go online, Google search it, see if there's anybody else that's your, that you're aware of that's using it. And if you want to get a little bit more um, professional and aggressive, you can also have an attorney do what's called a trademark search. And they'll go out, they'll see what others are registered. And when you're looking at, you know, what others have, you're looking both for, does anybody have the exact same thing you have or anything that's kind of what's called confusingly similar? In other words, if somebody to look at something is not exactly the same, you know, maybe it's you got this admin instead of we got this admin. Well, would people think that those are two different companies or they be confused because they think it's the same company? And if there's that kind of that likelihood that somebody's going to can be confused as to who's offering the services, which company they're hiring, then you have that potential problem. So kind of with all of that, first thing is to do a bit of due diligence. After you do the um, due diligence, then as you're saying, okay, let's say you come back and say, okay, it looks like there is anybody using it. I've got a, a reasonable path forward. Then you're going to ask a question, I guess, even before you, or after you do the due diligence, even before you hire attorneys, you say, okay, is this trademark worth the value? In other words, is it something I want to protect? Is it a valuable thing to the company? If the answer is you're saying, no, it's really more of my relationships or we have really good marketing or, you know, if somebody else were to use the same name, it wouldn't matter because they wouldn't have the same success. Then you're probably going to say it's not worth it to get a trademark because it's not going to be valuable. If somebody else were to copy it and you say, well, not a big deal, then it's not you can move forward. On the other hand, if you're saying, hey, if somebody else were to come along, they started using the same or very similar name to our company, that's going to hurt our, you know, hurt our client development, people are going to get confused, it's going to, you know, diminish our ability to get customers or convert them and those type of things, then you're going to say it, it may be worthwhile to get a trademark. And in that sense, if you're saying it's worthwhile to get a trademark, you've done your due diligence, and it's a, or time to reach out to an attorney, have them help you to kind of walk you through the process of what information you'll need, how to get that, or how to get that pulled together and how to get it filed. So that's a very quick overview, but any other questions or follow-ups to that? Um, no, I'm good. Thank you very much. All right. Well, if you or any of the listeners ever have any other questions or any follow-ups, feel free to grab, go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Free, or we have uh, free sessions where we can uh, chat a little bit more about your business specifically. Otherwise, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It was a fun and it was a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much, David, and thank you for having me.